Friday in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Wolf. Okay, new month, new theme. What are we calling this theme, by the way? Tarnished silver? <laughs> Tarnished silver is not bad. I kind of like that. <laughs> sure. I was going to say silver and blah. Uh, <laughs> silver and blah. Silver and blah. <laughs> All right, we're starting it off with a bang. Here's the thing. Tarnished silver it is. <laughs> I have seen this movie, but it was back in 95. And I think I saw it on Laserdisc. Um, I definitely didn't see it in the theater. It had a theatrical. Yep. Uh, like everything that came out back then. We're still two years away from DVD even hitting the market, much less taking over the way, uh, the way it took over VHS, probably like around 99, 2000, right? Where we sort of see yeah, more. Yeah, 2000s where DVD sort of saved the world. Yeah, and you can look at, you can look to Fight Club and, and the Matrix and all that stuff. And the reason why it's interesting to point out the Matrix is because Joel Silver has produced all the movies we're covering this month and the Matrix as well. You never thought he was going to be able to, to like harness that kind of energy again after lethal weapons were kind of losing their steam and lost their steam and they were gone and the, and the, those characters aged out. Nope. Nope. 99 comes along and here comes the matrix, but we, that's still four years away from the glorious fair game. Fair game. It is. Uh, I had never, I, I honestly, something my dad watched all the time. And like when I go, visit it was always on like whether it was on tnt or the dvd that he owned i don't know but it was always you know i've I've always had seen parts of it um so you know there were things i just didn't realize about the movie yeah (laughs) and you know i was like wow what are you what is it what are you doing in this movie Right. There's lots of that. There's some Joel Silver staples as far as the cast goes. You know, Jeanette Goldstein is, she's in this, but she's also Lethal Weapon too. Right. And in this, I feel like she she's kind of playing Mrs. Joshua. She is. There's very much a scene in this where her and William Baldwin, God. William Baldwin. Let's go, let's go back. Let's, 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 yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, let's, 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 let's start, put start, in the let's, full cast. So. Yes. Look, this, this starring, right? So the, the, the marquee, the two names above on the marquee in 1995 were William Baldwin and Cindy Crawford. And, Supermodel Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Who is not as bad in this movie as other people Dude, are. Dude, she's not her easily not, oh, yeah, being the first one. She's she is, easily not the worst thing. She's in the not movie. the worst thing in the movie. Wow. No. And her and her her lead co-star, it's not, there aren't just the two. There, there's lots of f- fairly terrible performances in this, right? Yeah, man. But there's one fantastic performance. Um, I was quite excited when I realized that Stephen Burkhoff was in this movie. Um, Victor Maitland himself. Right. You know, sort of doing his Hans Gruber imp- impersonation. Yeah. And it's not bad. And you mentioned like that Hans Gruber thing and diehard aspect. This very his henchmen have that diehard aspect where you've got yes. he's got the super tech team behind him. But you know, like we talked about in pre Mike, why does diehard work in 1988 with the tech guys? Because you're watching them kill the comms to the outside building. You're watching them set things up. You see all that. This we're just supposed to just believe that they're capable of tracking people, right? <laughs> the way they. I don't want to ruin anything for people because I, the absurdity of it, the absurdity of it needs to be experienced. When you first have that moment when they're doing that thermal scope or whatever the fuck they're doing, I'm like. The first time they do it? Yeah. The first time it happens, you know, you're thinking to yourself, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) What are they doing? Right. What are they doing? Okay. So 
there's a moment in there when they got this whole scope and the baddies are scanning this hotel. These two two different rooms on this whole uh, on uh, two different floors in this hotel, and you're seeing the heat signatures. That's what you're seeing. It's not like the like Predator where it's multicolored. It's like red. Yeah. Okay. There's a moment in there where you see all four of the characters that the, the cops, the, the three cops, and Sidney Crawford's red silhouette, if you will. Billy is in the shower. With the other cops taking a piss. And so you're also seeing his red stream of piss coming out yep. too. <laughs> Fucking stupid. And, and where is where are Billy's hands is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> it's an old hotel. It's an old cracked in. They make a they make a joke about this. And now it's used as a safe house. Dude flushes the toilet while Billy's taking a shower. And we all know what happens in, in dwellings with poor, poor plumbing. He gets shot with cold water while he's in the shower, right? Yes. But then he adjusts the water and goes, that's better. And it's back to hot again. But you watch him disappear in the thermals because he has those cold water on him. There's some really poor editing in this movie, by the way. And, 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 there, and there's one more additive. Isn't that hot water probably hotter than 98 degrees? Yep. But you don't see the thermals coming off of that. No. Uh, but you see the yes. thermals coming out of a piss. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the <laughs> Because it would have cost him too much money. To, to have done their, their effect that they did, which was passe in 1987 when Predator came out. Well, the crazy thing about this movie, like I said, this, this movie could just be called Spare Parts because yep. it uh, feels like it's all sort of cobbled together from better, you know, leftover pieces from, you know, a, a, every Joel Silver script that yeah. had come before it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the script, the way things are used, it was almost like it was edited with AI. If only. AI read through the script and then it, and it said, Oh, here's the material I have. It, it feels like if this is the most Roger Corman action movie I've seen. And it's not Roger Corman. The insert shots are fucking ridiculous. I mean, this feels, and that's when you said to me, guys, but they should call it spare parts. And I'm like going, man, why isn't there a movie called spare parts? Even body no, parts. Should be. Called that. Yeah. Yes. There should be a movie called spare parts. Uh, <laughs> and, and yes, I mean, we might lemon, maybe there will be. There you go, everybody. There's your million dollar script title. Well, it was. Parts. It came out in 2015. There's a movie yeah. called Spare Parts. It well, there out, you go. Yeah, with, with George Lopez and Jamie Lee Curtis. Even better. And Marissa Tomei. Oh. What the fuck's this movie about? I have no idea. But uh, hey, please tell me George Lopez plays Santa Claus in it. And oh, it has oh, this nothing is the, to do with the title. Oh, that, this is the, the robotic high school students. So they, they have a robotics club and they get, and they, and they go to that, uh, they build a robot and everything and they take it to a, a competition. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot Even about this better. movie. That's an eight year old movie. Anyway. So spare parts that exists. <laughs> but there you go. I bet so you it's better see than this. Spare parts. <laughs> if you're looking for something to watch, with fair game, just watch spare parts <laughs> instead. Because it's pro- uh, that being said, um, there, there's some fun things. Christopher McDonald shows up, but he's kind of wasted, right? Like yep. uh, the weird Salma Hayek shows up, okay. which I didn't yeah. had I had no idea Salma Hayek was in this movie, yeah. none whatsoever. And then she shows up, and I wasn't sure it was Salma Hayek because she didn't sound like Salma Hayek. You can understand her. I was like, wait, what happened to? She doesn't sound like that's not the Salma Hayek I just watched in uh, Black Mirror. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this Selma Hayek sounds like a valley girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny about that, about her character, her ex-wife, who's just there for comedic uh, effect, I guess. It's fucking awful. But she is a replacement because Elizabeth Pena was the ex-wife before. 
RIP, rest in peace, Elizabeth. Yeah, Pena. she was amazing. Uh, they tested it, and she tested poorly. Wasn't Elizabeth, was Elizabeth Pena? Wasn't she in Predator Two? She is in Predator Two. So mm-hmm. she, so she is a was a Joel Silver alum too. Yeah, but Salma Hayek appears in this movie twice, and both times all she does is yell at people and and cause chaos. That opening scene, dude. How lethal weapon is that? The whole dude, scene, guns. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's dude, and yeah. I mean, here's the thing: you accept when Danny Glover does it in the first Lethal Weapon movie, you, you buy it, you buy it. But you're when you're watching Billy Baldwin, who's always squinting, squint a little bit more, like he's yeah, trying. To, oh my god! I know. <laughs> the funniest line in the movie is when somebody calls him when he calls his cousin Judy. She calls him oh. Don, Don Johnson. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're, <laughs> they tried. Here, all, all aside, the movie, I feel like it's still better than 70% of what Netflix puts out now. Because it's all algorithm, speaking of AI. It's all based around bullshit. It's also why it looks the same. It's graded the same. It's edited the same. They all feel the same. The only thing that's interchangeable are the people. So that's what's so ironic about when you watch that Black Black Mirror episode with Salma in it and Netflix is basically being laid out to dry about the kind of the fact that they aired that that they even put that up on their streamers it makes me laugh because it's a, it's a big shot at them. Yes. And so they don't like, care. It, it's but no, I mean yeah, they don't care because they, they, they know. Because they've been working on the red <laughs> since day 1, but somehow everybody still makes 100 million dollars a year in salary. Anyway, yes, this is definitely better then 80%, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise the bar, 80% of the stuff that's on Netflix. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> okay, so here's some. there's some other stuff in here. Kane Hodder is in this too. Yeah. yeah he's, he's one of the henchmen on the train when, by the way, the way they, okay, they, they track everybody through the silliest methods that even would sound silly today in 2023. They also, the, 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 the bad guys also had dumb luck too. Where because the people that they're following and trying to track down are fucking stupid. I mean, the whole credit card thing, right? Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I literally wanted to shut it off at that. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was so, I was like, no, give me a break. No, they're not doing that. They're not. No, and I'm like, well, I know where this is going. And then twice. <laughs> they do it a second time. I mean, good God, the dumbest cops. In Miami, poor Cindy Crawford. Once they get tracked down, poor Kate McQueen. Now they right now they check into a bigger hotel. One that's he's like, oh, we're gonna stay here. It's a bigger hotel. There's less going on. We can be we can be less oh, conspicuous. Can I use your credit card? And let's put your credit card again. And then what's happening? Gets off the phone with his, with his cousin Judy. And while she's taking a shower, uh, Sidney Crawford's taking a shower, he's walking around going, trying to piece it all together. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to have an aneurysm trying to figure this out. Dude, (laughs) I mean, God, he just seems so dumb. He's like (laughs) dense. He walks around all the time squinting so much that like when, by the way, when he shoots a gun, I think somebody told him, stop blinking when you're shooting your gun because when he shoots his gun, his eyes are like, wide open like someone's holding his eyelids up yep. it's hysterical somebody must have said stop blinking when you're shooting because steven seagal used to do that shit all the time stop doing that and that's exactly what he does in the movie it's- no totally there's a bunch of weird moments in this movie there's like the moment uh after the big you know tow truck car chase deal oh right God. Like, 
where, you know, where they're handcuffed together and they've stolen the Cadillac and she escapes and she, she hops the train. I mean, I'm like, man, she's badass. Yeah. Uh, I knew that, I knew that scene of her jogging earlier would pay, put pay off somewhere. There's one part when I get, by the way, I, I mentioned, uh, the whole bunch of the, the opening credits and nothing going on. I thank you for the reminder. There is something going on. All the credits are being splashed over Sidney Crawford running on the beach. Running, yes, exactly. And I talked about the inserts being totally terrible. There's one point in the movie, they insert a shot of the sun setting. And it's covered, it's like, and it's setting in the ocean. And it's covered with just clouds. You can barely see the sun. I'm like... If you're going to insert a shot to tell me a sunset, just go get some some stock footage because I can't, the sun, the shot is pointless. It is so fucking stupid. Are you talking about the shot of the sun at the opening of the movie? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the moment where we talk, we talk about the fight on the beach, you know, the, 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 that it's the bridge between daytime and the eventual nighttime fight on that beach. Cause that's where, when it's sun goes down right there is when he's sitting in that car hiding out. And then, then that's when Jeanette Goldstein and her sidekick show up at the, at the beach, that whole bit. Right. Well, there, dude, there's so many just weird inconsistencies in oh, bad yeah. editing. There's yeah. where, where Billy jumps, he's, he puts the cruise control on the Cadillac and he's yes. standing there and he's going to jump across, but there's now there's a bunch of telephone poles Yeah, and he finally leaps right before it hits the train crossing pole. Yeah. He's in the train, right? They, yeah. when they cut back to the wide, the explosion, the train has somehow moved backwards and the, and the, and the car is exploding directly in the middle right. with him in the air. Right. He's already landed, but when they cut back to the, you, you see him in the air again. It, it's, it's, I was just like, oh man, they didn't even try. And when they cut to the camera inside, the, yes. it, they're, it's, it's, it's all, it's all yeah. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing that surprises me. And this, okay, I mentioned Christian Wagner. He's like one of my, he's one of my favorite editors. And he's the guy I mentioned during the fan episode. He's the guy that gets brought in to fix your movie. This is the best it was going to be if he's involved in it. So let that sink in. Because <laughs> Christian's the man when it comes to fixing broken movies. That's how broken this movie was. Dude, the very opening of this movie, right? Like where we're, we're when the credits first kick up and we're looking at the sunset and we're, and we're looking directly into this big orange sun, right? Right, right. That is the exact same opening as Extreme Prejudice. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the music and I was like, in my head, I was hearing the music from Extreme Prejudice and I was like, wait, wait, what is going on? And then I'm like, oh no, that's in my head. What is, what are they playing? But it literally, that I was just like, that's, that's just, that is the opening shot from Extreme Prejudice. At the same time, Beverly Hills Cop 2. It's the same vibe. Yes. The same vibe. Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I spare parts. Spare parts. Right. Now here's something nutty. This, this, this is an adaptation of a novel that came out in 1974 called A Running Duck by Paula Gosling. No relation to Ryan? Right, no. If this movie sounds familiar to you, well, guess what? In 1986, it was called Cobra. Yes. Dude, I was going to say this movie, uh, I, I, I had looked at the, the novel and I was like, and I and I said and I saw that it said it had been filmed twice, and I was like, "Oh, what was the other one?" And then when I saw that it was Cobra, it took me a minute to re- to realize that it was the Stallone Cobra. Right. Yeah. And did Joel did Joel Silver produce Cobra? Because <laughs> it seems like he could have or should have. <laughs> he should have, right? T- tarnished silver, more tarnished silver, baby. So 
the again the the woman I was just talking about, she also did a movie called she wrote a book called Ricochet. Now, right away I thought when I was looking her up, I'm like, wait, she wrote a movie called she wrote a book called Ricochet? Dude, come on. There's no way. There's no way, right? No, it, thankfully it's not. It's an original the movie Ricochet, which we almost covered this month. Right. Right? Did, we, wait, we, did, we took it off the bill, didn't we? We did. We took oh, it off. Good. Yeah, okay. totally. Just a little check-in. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot to be uh, had. And I did, I did I, I, again, I, I looked at Paula Gosling's rundown of what, the, what her novel was about. I'm like, good Lord. Cobra and Fair Game have more in common than they do with the original source material, which is, I think was kind of a, an odd thing. This is a year after Speed. Now, I don't know how long this movie was in production for, I mean, as far as like in pre-production for and development, but I felt like every movie that came out after that, one is an action movie, one to be Speed. And if you look at Die Hard with a Vengeance, that's more of a Speed movie than it is a Die Hard movie. And uh, and that was an, uh, another script that was turned into a Die Hard movie. It was uh, Simon Says, it was called. Written by the guy, right. written by uh, Jim Ools, who did Fight Club. Look at that. Fight Club mentioned again. What the hell's going on? Mm, it's getting anyway, weird. Except we're doing that thing now where we're talking about better movies. <laughs> I know. We got to go back to Stop Fair that. Game. Oops. Let's rewind. Okay. Fair Game. <laughs> so, but the thing about it, I mean, Cindy Crawford is fine in it, but when everybody like, oh, it's a rated R Joel Silver action movie, everybody was waiting for the moment that never happens. Sure. You do get some side boob at one point when, when she changes into her... But it's not her to stand in. I know. But you but that's when she changes into the iconic uh, Be- wife beater. White beater, right. <laughs> on the, the, they were promised on the album cover. Right. When you see that, like, going, what the hell is he smiling about? He doesn't smile in the whole movie. <laughs> Dude, when, it makes me laugh, like, when you're talking about the bad inserts, the insert of the photo of him grabbing his sack. <laughs> With him and his boys. Yeah, and when, when he tries to say he's 17 in the photo, and I'm like, that looks like it was... <laughs> That's, the other five people in the picture are crew. The the other five people in the photo are grips. Grip and electric. I was 17, I'm like, 17 uh, minutes ago. <laughs> sure, we were all 17 once. <laughs> he's 17 in that picture. So not in that shot, you're not. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, it, you know, they, they showed it quickly and, you know, they're, I mean, but God, dude, it, it is, and it just looks like, yeah, it's a terrible picture. Yeah. Still photographer took it a few days before because they're like, God, we really, you know, it's, it, might, it might even be the prop crew. Yeah. Uh, somebody else involved in the movie was also cut, not just Elizabeth Pena, but one of them was, again, a Joel Silver staple, Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen, he and David Sanborn were kind of given the lethal weapon treatment of this movie, but because there's so many rewrites, um, and done so many changes to the, the movie, their score didn't match anymore, so the score was turned down. So they brought in Mark Mancina. There's a reason why this movie sounds like Speed a lot, because he did the Speed score the year before. So there's moments in there, especially the train moment, too. It was very... Oh, yeah, the train. That, that and cue also was the, very... That, 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 the recognizable Speed main score. The whole tow truck chase yeah. is, sounds like it was lifted from Speed. Yep. Let me ask you this. So the girl, Rita, no, not Rita. Rita was Selma Hayek. The one, is that his cousin? The one who works in the lab? Yes, Judy. The, yes, Judy. Yeah. Who, she is not, it's funny. I'm looking. Jody, I'm she, sorry, it's Jody. It's Jody. She, she is not listed. I don't see, oh, there she is. Jody Kirkpatrick. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes, there she is. Yeah. 
dude, you know who is not listed in the credits here on IMDb, right? When you're looking through is Dan Hedaya. Right. Who has one scene in this movie. Because he was cut. His part was much larger in the movie. And then he said, just leave me uncredited. He like bowed out. Oh, but he, they left him in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's still in the movie, but uh, <laughs> but before all those reshoots and recuts, he was in. The, it was a much more substantial part in the movie. You know, it's funny if you go if you go to IMDb and you look up Dan Hedaya, it's still listed. You, it lists him in Fair Game because I was like, I kept thinking, like, is that Dan Hedaya, and why is he not listed here? Right? Am I crazy? Is this somebody else? Is there somebody else who looks like him? And then Wait. I was like, no, that's him. And I went and looked him up, and it's on his page, but it's not on the movie's page. Yeah, when he shows up, uh, like when when Sidney Crawford gets to her, uh, what do you call that kind of pro bono law office that she works sure. at? <laughs> uh, okay. So and he's there, eating sushi or something. <laughs> there's one moment in there where the baddies are <laughs> looking her, her information up and they find her, her, uh, driver's license. And we find out that she is 26 years old when the movie comes out, which is right. Cause that she was probably 26 or 27 when they shot it. Yeah. Right. So she finishes school. In then she's twenty one, right? Twenty two. Sure. How long is a uh, law school again? Depends. Yeah. How smart you are. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering like how do you get to be twenty six? I mean it, I don't know. I mean yeah, twenty six year old lawyer is not an unusual thing. I was just trying to do the math on them. I mean, it did it sounded off. Um, again, but she, okay, so let's talk about Cindy Crawford a little bit more other than the. Yeah, we, it's also we, a movie. We, she's got to be the you know the hotshot lawyer. Right. I don't even know why they're trying to. I mean, honestly. I, I wanted to ask you because I don't know I if do, I, I know what you're going to say. Why are they even after her? Why? I know. About the I know. boat. There's something I know. about I, boat. I know. I know. What does the boat have to do with anything? <laughs> it's like It's like when, <laughs> when Billy has his moment, he goes, how much is that boat worth? $200,000. <laughs> huh. They offered me $500,000 to give you up. And I'm like going, well, did you ever, th- you know, you give her up and they're just going to shoot you, dude. So they, they'll tell you anything. So you're talking about things that are don't mean fucking anything. And again, that shitty explanation where she happens to know Emilio Wanton, Miguel Sandoval's character is Miguel Sandoval. Yeah, he's Emiliano a yeah, whatever, whatever his fucking name is. Yeah. That he's the one that was beaten one of it, one of her clients. Yes. Oh my gosh, dude. Really? That that that's that's the that's the connection to why you want to fucking murder her? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I know. It is real vague. Dumbest, too, oh my, so. It's super vague. Like, what does she know about him? Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Again, spare parts. And right. like you said, this is as much sense as they can make out of this movie. The craziest thing, dude, is the, the there is zero chemistry between Cindy oh, Crawford yeah. and William Baldwin. Okay. This and is, I, kept, I kept wanting it to be Daniel Baldwin when I was watching it. <laughs> this movie is not without its awards. It won some, it, it was nominated, believe it or not, man. They were nominated for worst screen couple by the Razzies. Now we we've talked before, but we're not a big fan of the Razzies because it's kind of like you know sitting around and having an award show, you know, shitting on people. They they lost whatever fun they were having with that before. Now it's just mean spirited. Sydney Crawford was nominated for worst actress, worst new star, and then again, like I said, worst screen couple, and they lost all three categories to Showgirls. Well, there you go. Right. She was nominated for best hair for the Razzies. She has a great hair in the movie because she always no. had great hair. Yeah, <laughs> of course. There is a makeup artist out there. Her name is Ronnie Spector. For a while, she did a whole bunch of uh, infomercials that Cindy Crawford hosted, like a skincare line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how far back that goes, but 
that's her personal makeup artist on this movie. I thought, and I kind of clicked. I'm like, wait, is Ronnie Spector the same makeup artist that had that skincare line? Yeah, it is. So there you go. Funny. Here's. The- I did one of those Pepsi spots with her and Malcolm McDowell. I think she's. I think that's her. I think it's her buddy. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you know, bring all your friends along. That's what you're supposed to do. Because that's how you. That's what you do in the in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. And I made it crack to you in text form. I was I was hoping we were going to see that Pepsi commercial, like behind over her shoulder on one of the mini TVs oh, we've one seen. One of them. Well, what's funny is like what's what's the movie we keep seeing over and over again? The three different locations where there's TV playing in the background. It's the same war movie. Oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, yeah. I was trying to figure out if if that was another thing that had been produced by Jill Silver, but I was looking at. Uh, I want to know where the $50 million is in this movie. I don't care if you had reshoots. I want to know where the $50 million is. Yeah, it seems weird. I mean, you know, Miami's, I I don't know, man. I I don't know how it's a $50 million movie. I mean, if Speed is a $30 million movie. Any of you went top end and said 40. Any of you went to the top end and said 40. Oh, come on. Where's the 50? I don't care about your reshoots. (laughs) By the way, uh, the reshoots can't be that substantial other than Salma Hayek refilming her stuff, uh, filming the stuff for, uh, that was her character named Rita, right? Most of the stuff, this is kind of how you avoid reshoots. You just loop dialogue when people are driving. You know, that happens all the time. There's so much looped ADR in here and it's all expositional shit. But the occasional terrible one-liners they may stick in there. It's egregious because <laughs> it happens that often. Uh, so I don't buy it. If you spent more than $5 million on reshoots, it's not in the movie. Because the movie's considerably shorter after the reshoots than what was being tested. Yeah. Um, what was the runtime now? The runtime's 91 minutes, and they were tested in 95 minutes. So they did reshoots, and they got rid of stuff. So there you go. And they had that long opening with her running on the beach. Yeah. From From movie title to directed by. So that's a long stretch of time. Yeah. This is just like one of those weird nineties movies that it's hard to explain. I mean, I feel like they were hoping it was going to be, uh, they were hoping that nobody remembered Cobra. First of all, right? <laughs> then they were just, I mean, I don't know, you know, passenger 57 had been a big hit, but passenger 57 was like a 10, $15 million movie that made $55 million. You know, I mean, and it had Wesley Snipes and uh, I don't know, man, this, this, this movie you could toss in. Like I, I, if I was to throw this in, I would say this movie glimmer man, <laughs> what, what are some other, uh, some other Warner brothers, uh, treasure action films from that, <laughs> you know, I mean, not even Warner, but well, glimmer man's Warner brothers. That, that, then was that, what was the, there was another one with, uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. Yeah. Bulletproof. Right? Like that, that was uh, universal. Yeah. I mean, those are just, I feel like that was 95 also, I think. Yeah. I feel like those movies, it was just, you know, you know, they say cocaine was, you know, the eighties cocaine fueled the eighties. I'm going to say the cocaine was fueling the mid nineties, man. (laughs) Can't disagree. And then, and then just like, I mean, you mentioned bulletproof. It's, it's the same kind of vibe. Yes, totally. Damon Wayans is terrible in that. So he's, yeah, he's the Billy Baldwin. He's the Billy Baldwin. And Sandler, this was Sandler trying to do something, supposed to be like step away from his Saturday Night Live type character movies like Billy Madison right. and uh, the Happy Gilmore, right? Right. 
like we're supposed to see him as an action star. Like, they were trying to, you know, I don't know, man. And it's like, well, no, but I mean, at least it works. He's making jokes all the time. It's okay. I, he's, I, I think not, I think if anything, they were going for, they were going for a midnight run vibe with that one where, you know, where he's just kind of playing it up like Groden played it up, but, but he's, but I gotta say though, it's considering up to that point, movie wise, all we had was Billy Madison. Um, he wasn't terrible in it. Again, the pairing, no, he's the least. Neither is Cindy the, Crawford. I mean, right, the, the, that's what I mean. It's like the, the people you're expecting, expecting not to be good in it are both those movies are passable in this. This one, just like Bulletproof has a, a great baddie in it. You know, James Caan is the baddie in that. Yep. That's the one thing that's missing between these two movies. Where's the double cross? Right. You know, I kept waiting for his, for his toupee wearing partner to be double crossed. And then when they do the whole FBI switcheroo in the parking structure. Dude, the end of this movie is so anticlimactic oh, too dude. is the other thing, right? Yeah. Like it's literally, it's so anticlimactic that you're just like, that's it? When, when, when he kicks the thing off and, and it's, it, it, oh, it screwed up the transfer and it starts asking for, you know, and then you just see Steven Burkoff, glub, 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 glub. <laughs> Dude, when, when that whole thing happens, our two leads are running for safety because the thing's about to fucking blow up. What is the difference if he transfers the money or not? He's going to blow yes, up. I know. It just is, uh, yeah. It, it, like I said, it's very anticlimactic, you know. It, it, <laughs> Stephen Breakoff has been chewing the scenery and, and doing a great job of being a, the baddie that you want in the movie. Right. And really, it's just such a shitty send-off. Right. Billy Baldwin taking, I mean, dude, him trying to open that door, I was just like, I wanted to go, it goes the other way, bro. <laughs> Spin it the other way. Here's something that's funny. It's not in the trivia at all. When you have that moment in, I, I just mentioned, where there's there's this FBI switcheroo thing that happens and and there's gunfire and car accidents and cars exploding inside this parking structure when billy baldwin is climbing out of the back window of the car he cuts his face for real because you can see when he's getting out he like he grip it's a wide shot and he kind of goes and he kind of reaches up to his face he's like he i mean it's a genuine reaction that's why you see a terribly makeup job on his cut, his face the rest of the way, because the, it's a real cut that he gets. Oh, right. And it's, yeah, they can't. And they, they can't. can't. And for reshoots or whatever, that's why it looks like he just, someone just like took a, their finger and some red makeup. It looks, and like, white. looks like he was working on a car and smudged himself with some grease. So when he stands up, I mean, that's a legit cut, man. He's really bleeding right there. Because it's like, you, I, I rewound a couple of times. I said, ask Melody. I'm like, he cut his face, didn't she? She goes, yeah, he did. Like that's wild, uh, sugar glass people. It's still sharp. <laughs> mm, that's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. I wanted that tow truck chase to be cool, but it wasn't. Uh, everything about this kind of just feels like for fifty million dollars, they got taken to the cleaners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, mean, I want to know where it's like twenty million more than it probably should have been, even with the reshoots. I'm like, I'm where. You know what this is? This movie also kind of reminds me of is the tone of it. Uh, although they they kind of pulled it off better. Um, it was another Warner Brothers movie, but The Rookie, which we did cover. Right. Th this kind of has some of that. Except for the weird, without the weird Braga sex scene. Yes, correct. <laughs> right. That would have helped here. No, it would have. Yes. If Jeanette Goldstein had a, had, a, um, had a tied up. Ah, that would have been amazing. And had her way with him. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what was missing from this movie. But again, dude, she, she might, her and Burkoff, you know, Here's the thing. The movie's not a total wash. It was it was no. entertaining to watch. 
uh, it's just, you know, it's just not, uh, again, I probably would have felt the same way. In, is it one of the worst movies I've ever seen? Not even close. No. I've seen way worse movies than this. Right. But for, you know, for the time when it came out and what it was supposed to be, and Billy Baldwin was riding high off of Backdraft, uh, Internal Affairs, um, and Sliver, which I just watched a couple of weeks ago. You know, and Cindy Crawford was everywhere in 19, right. you know, in the nineties, you know, it, I was shocked that it took her so long for someone to put her in a movie. Right. You know, at this point. And it was, and it was just happenstance that she was ended up in the movie because this movie was originally supposed to be taking place in San Francisco and, uh, it got moved to Miami cause Stallone was going to be playing the Billy Baldwin character. So that's back when he was heavily involved in it. And, um, Julianne Moore and Gina Davis are both considered to play that part of Kate McQueen, but they both both were weren't considered anymore once Stallone dropped out of it. But that was kind right. of the beginning of the end, right? For the the the, the good times that that Silver had with Stallone briefly, because like later on in the year he would come. I think he came. See, I had a I had just a question: Was Assassins already in a can? Yes. Or did they do or did they do Assassins? And did he do Assassins instead of doing this with Joel? That's what I'm thinking has probably happened. Well, because Joel produced Assassins. Right, I know, but that's what I'm mean. thinking. Yeah. I think he switched movies. Yeah. I, well, I think he said, I already did this movie. Let's do Assassins. You know what I mean? And ben well, yeah, Darius that's what's was, so, Yeah, because he did Cobra. That's what's so silly about him being involved with this. You know, Banderas had just had a kind of a big hit with uh, Mambo Kings, right? And he right. was kind of, and he's kind of playing. It's funny because I, I love, I do, I love Assassins, but when I watch Assassins, he's kind of doing a Martin Riggs thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I, I think Stallone just said, Hey man, like I've already done this movie. It doesn't matter who you put in it. With, right. it it's not going to matter. Right. It, it's not going to matter. I've already done this. You right. know, let's just re-release Cobra and I'll go do this. It's so funny about both these movies. You know, we're talking about assassins, what, what Stallone did instead of doing this against Antonio and Selma Hayek's in this. They both are together in Desperado the same year in 95. And fucking weird. There's your, there's your trilogy of terror for you. Right. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> watch those three movies together. But assassins is rad. I love yes. assassins. Yeah. It's Dick Donner. Dick Donner, man. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you could look, here's the other thing too. I'm going to say Sloan probably went Andrew Sipes, Dick Donner, <laughs> going Dick Donner. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying this, this Dick Donner guy's done a few things. And Stallone was always really big on one to go up against, you know, the new flavor in town. Yeah. He did that with Demolition Man and, you know, Antonio was starting to break out with, you did know, with the, did yeah. with the specialist. Right. Exactly. Put him in a movie with Sharon Stone. Yeah. God, James Wood's so fucking great in that dude. Dude, that is such a good movie. Like, I, dude, the, my favorite thing in that movie is Eric Roberts and Rod Steiger as father and son. Right. Gangsters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and why, why haven't we covered Specialist? Why haven't we covered it? Is that what you're asking? Why haven't we covered it? Yes. Why haven't we covered this? I don't know. We should. Yeah. We will eventually. Well, yeah. We, didn't we talk about it when we were, when we were first in lockdown and we were doing movies on stars and then we eventually said, let's do some action movie guys. And what was our Stallone movie going to be? Did we ever, we didn't do one. We didn't do one, did we? No, because there were, I mean, there were so many to do. We didn't, we didn't, we, we, we started to, we tried to watch Cliffhanger. Oh. And we, neither what? one of us could get through it because yeah. it was so terrible. Yeah. That sounds about right. But then that's when we were still. No, that's, 
Because we watched it and then we didn't want to talk about it. Right. We did it. We went, we, Beth, and also that's back when we had the format of doing beat for beat of uh, in our reviews. And that was like, I don't want to talk about this for 90 minutes. No, totally not <laughs> talk about it for 90 minutes. Yeah. I love, I love the specialist. That was just the year before this. Dude, there were some fun action movies that came out in 94. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, maybe one of these days we'll cover speed. Well, we're supposed to do that, aren't we? With somebody. Oh yeah. There's a couple people. There's a couple people who might want to fight each other to do it. Yes, that is true. Four people might be too many people. Four, four is too many. Trust me. <laughs> uh, it it turns into the new zero view. Um, I've heard it. <laughs> but yeah, man. So that that's fair game. That's fair game. It, it's it's a wonderful mess of a movie. Look, if you're stuck on a plane, you could do worse. If there's a TNT. Uh, 1995 marathon. <laughs> it's right. on. It's not a bad watch. Right. I don't know, man. I had always just avoided it. I mean, like I said, I'd seen pieces of it, so I right. thought I had seen the whole thing. But like watching it, I was like, no. I again, I, I just thought it was something that never made sense to me. I only remember. I think I just never wanted to like sit down and watch it because of the cast. But the cast is not. It's not even their fault. No. They're doing what they can. I mean, you know, Billy Baldwin, we've been making jokes about him, but I mean, he's serviceable. I, it's just, you know, it, it, but the movie is just, he's not good in it. I mean, well, that's they, what, they just don't have any chemistry. Right. They have no chemistry. And the fact is the movie is, it, it's already subpar. The script is sub. It's already, yeah. So when you see some of these shortcomings, they're just more noticeable because there's, there's nothing interesting going on. So you're focusing too much on those kinds of things. That's right. For an action movie from, from the mid nineties, it's uninteresting. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. I never cared if they got together. <laughs> I didn't. Right. I was like, God, how long? And, and, and by the time you get to when they finally do, the movie's almost over. I fast forward through it. I, I'm like, I don't care. And once I got to the point oh, where yeah, they, dude, I, well, I skipped through the train thing because I knew they were, I knew we were going to get the, uh, the infrared thing again right. from a helicopter. Once right. I, saw that, I was like, I'm done. I just skipped forward until, uh, yeah, I did the same thing. How, by the way, how'd they catch up with them once they did the whole no pig, idea. The pig tri- trailer thing, right? Editing. Cause, and they're no, all no, together. It wasn't, even a, it wasn't even a pig trailer. Dude. Why were there cars in there? No, no. I'm talking about when he puts this, he turns on his phone. For them to track him and he sticks right. it in the in that trailer. But that's that happens before the train thing. So how do they find them later? No idea. Editing. There's some giant holes. He's driving that stolen car. Yeah. So he doesn't the have caddy. a stupid tracking service on it. Doesn't have the nope. tracker on it. So how the fuck did they find him? No, they pulled the they pulled the tracker out of the wagon air. They had the tow truck driver did. They had some bullshit ADR. Remember? It has some bullshit ADR where they go. The cars over here are all blown up. They must have jumped the train. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. That's how they found you. Whatever. Just yes, Like I dude. said, dumb luck and tech that doesn't exist. I, I have a rule. Three in a movie, right? right? And there's at least 33 in this movie. Like, it's all dumb luck. Like, the two credit card things. There's strike one and strike two for me. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of weird holes. It, it, it feels like... They must have done a massive reshoot and we're seeing pieces from both movies that weren't really thought about. Right. Right. They don't even try to sandwich them together. They just kind of put band-aids on things like, like you said, the ADR bit. Right. You know, it's just a mess. I'd say that maybe with a better director. I don't know, man. It's just, no, I'm just saying yeah. with a better director and, a, you know, and, and, and you sit down and you've doctored this script and you have a better director 
And maybe, you know, it also, I feel like, I feel like the biggest handicap going into this movie is the cast because the expectations or, or people just waiting to pounce on it. You know what I mean? Right. To shit on it. Like you see that a movie with Billy Baldwin and Cindy Crawford's coming out. The jokes started months before the movie. <laughs> before right. We had seen it. Right. 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 So I don't know. Could it be better? Sure. Right. Uh, could it be worse? Oh yeah. It could be way worse. I remember in her interview saying that uh, when people like couldn't believe that maybe she was a lawyer. My concern, like I said earlier, I was kind of going through the paces for for how old she would be. Would she be old enough to have been a lawyer? That's what I was kind of getting at. I don't give. I'm, I mean, could she be a lawyer? Sure, I don't give a. I'm not looking. I wasn't looking at it that way. I was just looking at it from the standpoint: was she old enough to have gone through, go through college? go through law school and pass the bar and Florida bar is like one of the hardest ones to fucking pass. <laughs> Whatever. Wonderkin. <laughs> She's a wonderkin. So now She's a so, wonderkin. Yeah, she did all that just so she can go work pro bono cases. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Anyway, there you go. Tarnished silver volume Tarnished one. Silver volume one. Yeah. Um, in as, as much as, uh, you know, I, I, here's like, I think we're pretty kind to the movie. Honestly, it's like you said, Everybody's serviceable in it, but their their limitations of service are the limitations of the the story being told, and, and it's not. Yeah, I mean, th- there's, there's bunches. No, not at all. There, 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 if you go through the '90s, there's there's tons of movies right, that, that yeah. I, I enjoy that other people are like, oh, that's the worst fucking movie ever. And I could give you two people. I I, I love Thunderheart. I know right. people who will tell me that Thunderheart is the worst fucking movie ever. I love. White Sands with Mickey Rourke and I'll Willem fight Defoe. people over White Sands if he, they they bad talk that See, movie. I love White Sands, but yeah. I know people who are like it's terrible movie, terrible. I'm like, well, you know what? People that people, 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 yeah, people, people who say it's terrible haven't seen it. People that have seen it and say that it's terrible, that seen White Sands and don't like it, it's because they got tricked. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Because they, they thought Willem Dafoe was gonna be the bad guy and Mickey Rourke was gonna be the good guy. Yep. Oh no, I got fooled. Kind of oh like, wait, oh wait, man. A Right. Dude, cut. <laughs> Whoops. I, I don't want to ruin that for anybody. The movie's rad. No. Yeah, I, dude, I love White Sands. I yeah. think White Sands is great. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, again, there's a, there's a whole bunch of these kind of movies that were, you know, when they were doing these weird pairings, like, do you remember The Real McCoy with Van, with uh, Val Kilmer and Kim Basinger? Yeah. Now, there's a movie that's not good. Yeah. I, I would say the Fair Game, is it better than Fair Game? They're close to the same. Yeah. There's also Undercover Blues with uh, Kathleen Turner and Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, is it is is it better than this movie? I don't remember it being, you know, I don't remember it being good. <laughs> so, uh, but again, this movie's not as bad maybe as, uh, I mean, I'm not recommending it. I mean, you got better things to do with your 90 minutes, but like if you're tied to a chair and Jeanette Goldstein's treating you like Sonia Braga, you, you, you could do, it could be worse. Yes, you could. Am I wrong? <laughs> so if you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Karate Pod on X. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time. Twitter and Insta. You can follow Corey on Insta at Culper97 and letterbox is Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock'n'Roll33 on Instagram or you can follow me at Detective Max Kirkpatrick at letterbox.com. That's Max Kirkpatrick. Detective, damn it. Letterboxed. Squinty Mickey.